Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Win the game! He's got it! The Dragons have won by a point! A kick out to the side! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are listening to the Inside Fantasy Sport Podcast, and I'm your host, the Super Coach Hawk, Rob Kennedy, sitting here with my good mate, the big horse, Mickey Dell. How are you, buddy? Robbie, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, still coming down off a high after last night, Robbie. How good was that? Mate, I am still buzzing. I think I had one of those nights where I was just looking up at the roof and thinking. And what we're referring to is our interview with, how do we give him, AFL royalty, final specialist, just all-round legend of a bloke, Clay Smith from the Western Mm -hmm. Bulldogs. Um, I tell you what, do yourself a favor. Even if you are a super coach enthusiast, um, anyone who's anyone that has any interest in sport, AFL, or just humanity, go and listen to this interview because mad respect and credit to Clay Smith for the journey that he took us on. Um, I thought it was going to go one way and we went another. Then I thought we'd go that way and we came back again. And yeah, do yourself a favor. I'm not going to give anything away. Go and listen to it. I loved it. It was great. What a, what an absolute night. And uh, big shout out to Clay for giving us his time and his and his honesty. It was great. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a ripping show. Just he's just a good lad, isn't he? Like it's, oh. it hasn't hasn't gone to his head at all. He's still the same bloke he was in East Gippsland all those years ago. <clears throat> uh, yeah, probably you know if you went up and said get to him in the street, he'd just stop and talk to you. That sort of guy. Mate. So yeah, we thank Clay for jumping on. But we've got a few games of footy to get through, mate. 
No, nah, you're spot on, mate. If I had a debut like he did, and that was the only game he ever played, I'd be walking around bobbing my head all over the place, i tell you what. But welcome, everybody. If you haven't already, click subscribe. If you're listening to us on YouTube, you can see it there below. Click and subscribe. So much content coming your way. Don't forget, from an Insight Fantasy Sport podcast standpoint, we have an NRL podcast. We'll be kicking off our NBA podcast soon as well, which is going to be mm. an absolute snorter. Um, and then look out for possibly BBL coming when summer comes around. I feel like summer's not that far away because I am still up in Kununurra at the moment doing a regional road show. I'm in the T-shirt. You're in the Snap Fitness hoodie. Um, yeah, blessed with the sunshine because it's pretty cold everywhere else. It definitely is in Perth, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it is where you are, mate. It's shit house at the moment. It's We've had 40 mils today. It's about 14 degrees outside, and it looks like it's going to rain until Saturday. So enjoy the sunshine. Mate, so no better time than to dive into our podcast and bring everybody a bit of a wrap-up from the last round. I did tell everybody, buy rounds equal moving rounds. And if you're listening along, you can't see my head bubble going along. But I put in a big 1973, which was a top 2% score, um, and moved me up 10,000 spots in the season ranking, which I'm really stoked about. Um, anyone who's been listening for a long time, thank you. Anyone who's just joined us, Welcome. But those who have been listening to us for a while, they knew that you and I put ourselves in a bit of a hole come round one, but we have mm-hmm. been climbing out. Um, I'm looking at my next step to get myself into that top 10%, and my end-of-year goal is to get inside the top five, and I think that is in track, and I think the buy mm-hmm. rounds are going to help me. How'd you go, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not as good as you, but uh, 1894 was my score. That's still so good. Yeah, it's not too bad. Like I think it was still top 10%. Um would have liked a little bit more, but, um, you know, we're, as you said, we're climbing out of that hole. After a couple of trades this week, I feel like I'm only one premium away from a premium side. So, Yep, love that, yeah. love that. Mm. And we'll dive into that. I think, look, we're going to go through the scores. Um, we'll start with the Melbourne-Carlton game in a second. That was the big one for me, having the VC on Petraka, um, which got me that good score. And we've got a few players to start talking about. It's a bit of a different one. A lot of the time we talk about the break-evens and and who the rookies are coming through or who the ones are on the bubble. I think there's a few interesting lower-priced premiums, a couple of mid-priced maniacs that some people might want to take a chance on. And at some point, we might even hit up. We we, we don't talk about – well, actually, we talk about him probably too much. But uh, Hamo's going all right with a pretty good team. I've had a look at his. I think we do need to give a bit of a perspective of someone who's sitting in that sort of top two, top 1%. Um, and where they're sort of starting to look at with their teams too. And that's what we try to do here is bring you some different insights um, to where everybody's sitting, to what kind of risk the reward you need to take. But, mate, let's dive in. Uh, Melbourne and Carlton to kick off round 12. Um, As I mentioned, Christian Petrarca keeps on keeping on with uh, Clayton Oliver not in the side. That said, I think he's still having another rip-snorter season. Um, He pulled in the big 159, uh, Bailey Fritz with a 112. Van Ruin is what we're hearing, or Van Royen, I should say. It's Van Royen. So he wants everybody to – have you heard that he wants everybody to start saying Roy instead of Rue? Even Brody Grundy or Max Gorn said, uh, just leave it as is, mate. Let's uh, just enjoy it. a bit of a chant. Yep. <laughs> Too so, bad. Yeah, Max Gorn with a 103, Jakey Lever with a 100. A um, couple of not great scores there. You know, Brody Grundy with a 74. I'm trying to think. I know a lot of people have sort of been looking at Christian saying, let me keep sort of just putting around those 80, so I'd sort of stay clear. Angus Brayshaw with a 92. And from a mm-hmm. Cullen perspective, uh, Adam Chera with a 129. Sam Doherty with a 96. 
Um, Paddy Cripps only with an 89, even though he came flying out of the box with a big first quarter and first half, but he dropped off after that. And Adam Saad again, sitting down around that 85. What'd you see in this one, mate? Carlton lacks structure is what I see. Like it's, I know we're not talking super coach and super coach scores here, but when you're talking structure and trust and belief in a game plan, Carlton just don't have it at the moment. Uh, Kerno and Mackay to an extent looked lost in front of goals. Uh, it, they just, they're not clicking. And even though the Carlton president came out a couple of weeks ago, what's his name? Luke Sayers, I think his name is, came out and said, yep, I'm back at Vossi in. This is how it's going to be. They haven't won since April, you know, mm. May, nothing. Mm. And this is for a team that was billing themselves as a top four team at the start of the year. So it's a huge game for them this weekend. Not only is it against like my team, Essendon. Um, and I don't think that Essendon are a top four side by any stretch, but if they get beaten against Essendon, coming into an informed Gold Coast team and then a stretch that they have against some good quality teams, oh, Voss is on thin ice. He's got to start winning and start winning now. It's normally the curse, isn't it, when the president actually comes in and backs you in? And, and look, it's great mm. that the president comes out and does that, but at some point, if you keep losing, the walls keep getting... Uh, closing in more and more and more. So I think we've talked about it many times that looking at that list, that list should be performing better. It is. Uh, Assad's going to be an interesting one from a super coach standpoint. There's a lot of people and I'm sure coaches don't listen to super uh, Fox footy or anything like that too much. But when you get enough of a call cry for them to handball the ball more to Saad and let him run it out of that back line and a lot of people pointing out that they're just not doing that anymore. There does come a point where maybe that might start happening. So, I think it's a bit of a finger on the pole. So if someone wants to take a bit of a risk, I still think Saad's somebody that you could jump on now with his price dropping a little bit lower because Carlton's mm. got to start listening to what the public is saying and the Fox footy experts because you've at least got to show them whether it works or not. So mm-hmm. that's what I'd look out for. Yeah, um, For me, that. though, Paddy Cripps could be getting his uh, his move on orders come round 15 for me when they have the buy. That could be the, that could be the move that needs to happen for me. Well, there's a story that released today uh, via Fox Footy and Sam McClure that said that there's a bit of unrest and some tension amongst some of the Colton players as well and that they don't like playing with each other. Uh, and I'm not talking about in a sexual way. I'm talking about on the footy field. So let's see what happens, you know. Like if, if there's no cohesion, um, if there's no, you know, vibe that, that that's there this weekend, you know, it, it could spell disaster for Voss and, you know, four or five games left in the year. Is it then a trial to see who's going to be the next coach? Uh, yeah, mate, I think absolutely you need to have a look at it. 100%. The list is good enough. Mate, I wanted to leave that call alone, but I can't. If anybody's listening <laughs> to this podcast and you thought he was making a sexual innuendo, you were on the wrong podcast. Move across. <laughs> move across. Yeah, Anyways, sorry. I don't know what I can do with that in the way of a segue, but we move on to uh, Port Adelaide next versus game. my boys. Yeah. Port Adelaide and the Hawks. And I tell you what, I had many messages from the boys about what was going on at halftime, and it was a shamozzle. But, mm-hmm. um, and you know, first class to Port Adelaide, the way they played. But Hawks played a good second half. I know the game was over. So, like, look, you're not going to look into it too much. But it, uh, it didn't turn out to be the huge blowout that it was looking like it could have been, especially with Port Adelaide. I think they were about 105 at halftime, which was unbelievable. Yeah. But, yeah. um, 
Jeremy Finlayson, he finds a way to score big scores against uh, definitely against weaker sides. Um, Hawthorne being one of those. So he put in a big 141. Uh, Todd Marshall with a 120. Dan Houston, he likes to score against the weaker sides as well with a 112. Zach Butters continues to be the main man in the midfield there with a 105, right next to his partner in crime, Rosie, with a 98. And your mate, Ollie Wines, toot toot, with a 95 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just anyone who's sort of underperforming, nothing major that stands out. Scott Lysett's always the interesting one that's going to be looked at with a 74 and whether Bryn Tickle gets another go. Um, Hawthorne perspective, Carl Amon against his old side with a 111. Jarman Impey with a 105. Uh, Warple with a 91. Anyone who kind of held on to Weddles is getting their money's worth with a 90. Um, Mitch, Mitch Lewis continues to perform and people who are holding on to Will Day was super efficient. Um, but you only put in an 81. So I know a lot of people are starting to look to make the move on uh, on uh, Mr. Will Day. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we need to move on from Will Day yet. He's getting the numbers. Like Carlton are moving the pieces around, yes, but he, he's going to go back into that midfield. He's going to be that outlet, that receiver, the one who uses the ball. So I'm holding him. I have him. I'm holding him. And I expect him to get back around 100, 110 again shortly. In regards to other Hawthorne players, I'm not really looking at anyone else to bring into my side. Warple's very up and down. Uh, who's your mate? The one, the nuggety bloke in the middle? Yeah, Newcomb dropped off. He had, a, he had only a 53 in this game. So this is what we talked yeah. about with. He's getting a, he's consistently going above 100, but without a huge 140 type game, mm-hmm. but has the ability to have a game like this with only a 53. For sure. So that's, that's that maturity and... That's why you'd be starting to look at him next year. It's still his, like it's his first full year of footy, isn't it? He came in as a rookie um, mid-season draft last year, played a few games, and now, yep. Yeah, so another preseason. I think you'll start to see a little bit more consistency out of him. I think it's in regards to Port Adelaide. Yeah, sorry, mate. You go. I think it's his second in, year of footy, yeah. like as in, as in. Okay. But it's his second first year, year of having. It's definitely his first year of having more expectations on top of him. Okay. Absolutely. So he's got that. He's got that expectation now. And like, I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head. It's just a bit of maturity, and and definitely one that mm-hmm. I will be looking at next year, for sure. Uh, in regards to Port Adelaide, Finlayson and Houston, yeah, they scored well here, but you nailed it. They only score well against ordinary sides or not very good teams. Um, Rosie Wines and Butters are probably three consistent ones now. Wines, not to the extent that I'd like him to be, but he's still pumping out. He's between 92 and 110 each week, which, you know, that'll do for me for now. Um, There's no one really else that I'm looking at. If you've got Horn Francis, it's time to move him on. And Scotty Lysett, I don't know why he was subbed out. You got anything there? No, I have no idea. I haven't looked. Yeah, I think it was. So, I think it was. I think. I think maybe are they doing a St Kilda, um, Royal Marshall type thing? The game was in the bag. Maybe they are. I think they're starting to realise that the uh, the finals intentions are there. So I haven't heard about an injury. So I'm assuming they just did a safety rest and and believe that he's the guy that needs to be in the ruck if they're going to have success come finals time. There you go. That's an assumption. It, 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 somebody might come back to me. If anyone does, let me yeah. know if he's had an injury, but I haven't seen it. So, yeah. yeah. So, for me, uh, anyway, before we move on, I thought it was strange that he got subbed off so early, given that he's just made his way back into senior footy and that you'd be probably looking to try and get a full game in, even like it's not higher end, your higher expectations, you know, get the Ks in the legs, get that match fitness. So, from my point of view, it was a bit strange that he got subbed out so early. 
It was good to see. Um, it was good to see Sam Mitchell take a bit of a risk, and look, he can because there's no pressure on him. So that, mm-hmm. they pulled the trigger on their sub early. T- too. Lloyd Meek got pulled very quickly and uh, McKenzie came on as the sub and used it to its true structure, which it is a tactical sub, which they looked at and felt like they just had no run against Port. And they thought, look, we've got to pull our Ruckman off. We've got two of them and we'll put a bit more run on. And, and look, they won the last quarter, uh, the last half, 11 goals to seven. So I'm not saying Hawthorne are anywhere near the side that Port are, but at least they came out and had a pretty good crack. And I love the culture that seems to be happening back at Hawthorne again. Um, West Coast v Collingwood. Now, look, this ended up being a 10-goal win, but there was a point in time there where uh, the West Coast Eagles came out and put in a little bit of pressure to, to Collingwood, remembering that uh, pretty sure West Coast were the team that knocked them off last year as well. Uh, knocked off oh, yeah. Collingwood even though they went on that run. So mm-hmm. interesting game to watch. Turned out to be a 10-goal win, as I said, to Collingwood, as it probably should be. Uh, Elliot Yo, mate, he looked great with a 125. We knew that he can perform at this type of level. It's just whether the risk of his injuries and where his body's at. Dom Sheed, look, he had a 43 disposal, 119, which again shows that he does butcher the ball a little bit. Uh, Tim Kelly with a 115, Bailey Williams with a 110, Duggan with a 106. Um, I, I'm loving the look of Noah Long, and I've still got him. And he he pumped out an 85, which helped me with my my score this weekend. I think he is actually a real nice little smoky pickup for them. Um, from a Collingwood side, Tom Mitchell just seems to be one of the best pickups of the year, and he's just going about it pretty quietly with all the other hype that's going around with Collingwood. He got a 132. Nick Dacos with a 123. Look, probably got the three votes in this game as well. Taylor Adams with a 109. Darcy Cameron, which is someone that we need to talk about, with a 105. And uh, Brody Majacek with a 105 as well. Your thoughts, mate? West Coast got back to within, you know, 10 points at one stage there. And like it looked like it was on, but then Collingwood just blew them apart. So, yeah, Darcy Cameron, 470,000 Ford Ruck. Could be a really nice option at the back end of the year, especially if injury hits at the wrong time. The one thing I'll tell people about that, though, he's got a um, – his break-even still at 81. They play the buy – they have the buy, I should say, the week mm-hmm. after. So, for me, you don't need to go and grab him now. Even if he pulls in 100, he's not going to project that much in price from where he is. He's at 458000 Um, For me, he's a hold, and I'm going to watch him and look where it's at after the buy round. He could be one that I really look to bring in. Um, mm-hmm. from round 15, round 15 onwards. So, yeah, just be – I was talking – he was one that I was talking to Ryan Hamo about, and I think, yeah, the one-week wait for me, I don't have to run that risk. But definitely a watch as we move forward. I think the only other one is Dugowie. I think it has to be talked about, even though people ask for it to be not talked about so much. Got his three weeks. Um, who was it? It was a player who just came out. I saw it just get posted recently. It was interesting to see. I love when other AFL players come out. I don't think it was a current player, rather than a past player. It'll come to me later. He wrote, great, he's copped these three weeks. Let's all move on. We've been talking about this too much. And probably rightly so. I think Jordan mm-hmm. Goh is getting a bit talked about here too much and and probably in a, in a harsh manner. Dumb decision. Took the guy on the head. Take your three weeks. Maybe sometimes we've got to let people go. We, we, we hang people out to dry too much, in my opinion. Yeah, that's today's day and age, isn't it? And the way the media works. Uh, if they can find something to give you a bit of nasty stuff about, then they're just going to do it, aren't they? So it's done. He's got his three weeks. I think he's been unfairly dealt with because of his past. 
I think if it was a, a clean skin, so to speak, or someone that hadn't played up in the past and this was a once-off, it would never have generated this sort of noise. So, you know, he'll have his three weeks off, which will be four weeks because Collingwood have the bye. He'll be primed for finals. So if you've got him, it's probably time to drop him because you're going to drop too much coin. But, yeah, moving forward, I think ideally for his body and for Collingwood, it's a break for him. Do you know what I think the biggest story is? And it did get talked about a little bit. And, and being an ex-player and ex-coach yourself, look, we don't want anybody to go outside the realm of, of what's legal. But it was a statement there that came out from West Coast, which was it was disappointing to see the West Coast Eagle players not wave the flag for their player after it happened. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a young player here who's only come in for a handful of games to get hit in the head like that, which we all know was a bad call. Some would say bring in red cards. Um, but no one got in there. No one got in there and really waved the flag for him. What, what, what is your take on that? From a, let's, go, let's go if you're a coach, put your coach hat on. What is your take from that? Terrible. Terrible. If you see one of your teammates get knocked down, I don't think it changes if you're a coach or whether whether you're a player. If you see a teammate get knocked down, you know, he's, he's a teammate of yours. You've got to look after him. And if you like not so much him, but your teammates as well, you've got to, you've got to fly the flag, so to speak. So even if it's just a bit of a push and shove and call him an idiot or a dickhead or whatever, you know, and then it goes for 10 or 15 seconds and you move on, so be it. Like in the AFL, no one's going to swing a punch. In local footy, that might change and you might get a few sneaky ones in, but you know, that's footy. It's a contact sport. So for West Coast not to go across and remonstrate or to let Dugowie know that he messed up and that the his teammates had his back, um, disappointing. And West Coast have come out and say that the players, the coach. So I doubt that'll happen again, but that's pretty poor form. Do you know what it shows me, though, is it shows me they don't have that player. Now, I know there's a few out. I could name a few who would be that player. Luke Shuey would have definitely got in there. Shannon Hearn at the mm-hmm. time was already injured and off the ground. He would have got in there. I can't think of it. Elliot Yo doesn't do it. Dom Sheed definitely doesn't do it. Like, everybody raves about this goal. I've watched him from the stands that many times. He rags at his players when they don't give him the football, even though he's not in the best position to get it. They don't have that player. If I went through the list and ran off the team names to you, I reckon you could give me two names just like that. That would be the players that come in. Tom Papley from Sydney, Braden Maynard from Collingwood. They're the ones that are coming in and waving that flag. And as a young player, you need to know that you have those players in your team to have your back. So, yeah, disappointing. Mm -hmm. We move on. We move on. Uh, Who is next? Uh, I've just had a bit of a change of screen. Give me one second. It is Western Bulldogs versus Geelong. Um, who'd you tip in this one, by the way, before we get into the stats? Yeah, I, I tip the dogs. Yeah, I'm really mad at myself. I, I I went with the trend and I genuinely thought Geelong would get up, but I still think it's a game that the doggies should have won. Um, you might be able to fill in some more gaps here, mate. I didn't get to watch this one as much. Caleb Daniel, you might have to fill in for me with a 169. Tim English with a 156. Trelaw with a 131, the miracle man who came back from snapping a hamstring supposedly in his head to uh, coming back out and having a rip snorter. Uh, Tom Libertore with a 122, Bailey Dale a 116, Bontempelli with a 113, Jack McRae, who's now the DPP mid forward with a 108. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players getting a ton. Um, compared to Geelong, Tom Stewart, 127, Jeremy Cameron, 107, Blick Bass with a 106, and uh, Nevitt 
the young rookie with a 103. Did you watch this game fully, mate, or where were you at? Nah, not not much of it. But from what I did see, Caleb Daniels taken over Johannesson's sort of running mm. role down back, and they're looking to get the ball in his hands. But it's being shared between him and Bailey Dale. So Bailey Dale has, to an extent, got his role back now. And it's like it was two years ago when both of them were scoring quite high. So if you can bring Caleb Dale in, I would recommend you do it. You can see through this game, yes, the Western Bulldogs lost by four goals, but they've still got seven people over 100. You know, And that's Daniel English, Trelaw. You probably wouldn't touch Trelaw because his hamstring could go on any second. Libard, Dale, Bontempelli and McRae. So you've got six of that seven that I would quite happily have in my team for the rest of the year. Yeah, so Caleb Daniel now sits at 582,000. He's got a break-even of 53, which is nice off the back of that score. He Mm -hmm. plays that role well. And I think this is probably a bit of a dilemma at the Doggies, which is they've got too many guys that can do that role well, and they've got to start looking at who that is. Um, And they did it once. Johannesson started playing forward. It was a very different role for him, and Daniel went back, and they did it with Dayu, and then JJ's gone back and – and they moved um, Caleb Daniel out. So it's a bit of a dilemma because you can't have too many that do the same role. So, look, if he's consistently going to play it, he's someone that people need to look at because I think he does it better than most players for sure. Mm -hmm. Spot on. We move on. Uh, Next one being Gold Coast versus Adelaide. And what a flip-flop game this one was. I only sort of saw the scores here and there. Adelaide were all over them to start this game. And then it was just Gold Coast after the first quarter, just absolutely rolling. Jack Lacocious continues to find the goals with a 132. Noah Anderson with a 120. Matty Rao, the clearance specialist of 101. Humphrey, I'm stoked that I've got him in the side and took the chance. He looks good with a 99. Jared Witt's a 99. Ben King a 99. Um, from an Adelaide perspective, Fogarty with a 126. Laird with a 112. Dawson, the unicorn, with a 106. Ben Keys is a big talking point, and a lot of people talking about him and bringing him in, showing that he's he's had two tons in a row. So he got a 106. Interested to get your thoughts, firstly, on the game and the players, and what's your thoughts on a Ben Keys who's now a mid-forward, valued at 369000 and he's just only started to show that he's getting some midfield time. And because of that, he's had a 102 against Brisbane and now a 106 against Gold Coast. <coughs> yeah, it's a big risk with Ben Keys, but, you know, you've got to have the agates to be able to win the prize, don't you? So if you don't have the coin and you need to make a move, he could potentially be that forward premium towards the end of the year. He, he didn't score very well early on because he was only playing forward. He wasn't getting any midfield time. But now he's got that midfield time. So I reckon you might find that those scores continue. Uh, I was riding Gold Coast hard in this game purely because at the start of the year, I copped a bit of slack for saying that Gold Coast were going to make finals and everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people were like, nah, they've got no hope. They're still two, three years away. They've got the list to be able to, they're not going to give it a shake, but just to make the finals, they've got that belief there now. Like they were six goals down at one stage here and, a Gold Coast team of last year or the year before, you know, if they had have lost by six goals and just kept it even after, you know, halfway through the second quarter, they would have been happy with that. But the fact that they came back, they won, and they look good doing it, I still think they can play finals. From everything I hear, um, Stewie Jew is a fantastic coach. 
I hear yeah. that Stewie Goo is a fantastic coach, and I think it's very people go, oh, hold on, you've you've hung Vossi out to dry because they're not getting wins, and Gold Coast haven't been getting too many, and and we didn't hang him out to dry. But from everything I hear, he's a fantastic coach, and I think if you take a look at the two lists from what he's doing with his list versus what Vossi's doing with his, I think that that speaks volumes to me. So he stayed strong with the Lycosius call playing forward, even though all the super coach enthusiasts know that he gets more points when he's in the back line, no different to a Himmelberg. But um, look, Lycosius is really finding his niche up there and, and credit to him because um, he, he had he had a few people coming at him. My he's, take... Yeah. yeah, you go. You go. He's playing as that third tall. So he's getting a smaller mm. defender, but... He can, he can rove the ball like he can play as a small as well. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Really, really like what they're doing with Lukosius up forward. I want to I say, just while you're talking about coaches and coaching styles, Carlton on one hand look lost. Their game plan is confusing. There's no trust and belief in each other versus Gold Coast. Yeah, they haven't had the results, but they genuinely look as though they enjoy playing footy with each other. They've got a structured game plan, which looks pretty easy to follow. Everyone's on board with it. They don't have the list that Carlton do, but yet they're getting better results. And that's a result of playing better as a team. So the proven fact that a superstar team will beat a team of superstars, proof in the pudding right here. You put um, Gold Coast forwards. Kaz Bolt, Lukosius, Humphrey to an extent. Who else you got? King. King versus Mackay, Kerno, these sorts of players. Carlton on paper have a much better forward line, but the cohesion and the trust in each other that Gold Coast have, that's the big difference and the simplified game plan. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna name no. Look, I, I love this chat. Sorry to everyone if they're here just for Supercoach stats. We'll continue on, but um, I feel like too many people have got into Mackay just because he's missing goals. I think there are so many other underperformers in that forward line. There is now. I don't want to hang out young players or anything like that, but the young fella up there, small forwards, not doing enough. Silvani is not doing enough. You know, at least Ben Mackay is doing the hardest part. He's clunking it. The clunk is the hardest part. He'll fix the kicking, you know, yep. but we're hanging him out because he's missing the goals. He'll he'll get there, but there, you need more than just the two. I love how you named off the names at Gold Coast, and they're not as good as the Carlton names, but at least we can run mm-hmm. off a few names that are actually performing. The other thing yep. we haven't talked about is they played all last season without Ben King, 
and they're playing most of this season without Took Miller. They get yep. this whole side back together and flowing in what's working. I reckon they've moved more magnets this year than anyone. If they actually work out what that team looks like, mate, your, your top eight call from this year, which I look forward to getting my bolters at the end of the year, might not be a bad one for next year. And because mm-hmm. I'm a good bloke, I might let you double down. So we'll see how we can. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Anyways, um, my only final call, because we talked about Ben Keys. my only concern mm-hmm. with Ben Keys is they have the buy coming up, so it's only one more round. They have West Coast, mm-hmm. which is nice. He's going to go up in cash. The one thing is they play Collingwood the week after that. Does he go back to playing a forward tagging role on Nick Dacos? I think he's the right player to do it which means he mm-hmm. doesn't get the midfield time, which means he doesn't quite free flow, which for me makes me want to start looking at taking a risk on a Nat Fife, which is 100K less than Ben Keys, and just see what cash he can get me through the buy rounds before I make some big moves after that. Food That's not thought. Absolutely. But after the Collingwood game, I'm just rolling through some games here. Mm. They have North Melbourne. They have GWS. They have... Essendon, GWS, and they have Melbourne. So that's mm. that's a fairly good run for them. For me, though, it comes down to I actually don't give a stuff who they play. It's does he play in the midfield? So I need to go and speak to yeah. some people. Or if you're an if you're an Adelaide listener out there, or have been watching it religiously, and look, I'll go put it out on Twitter. Please hit me up. I need mm. to know. Why has this changed happened and is he going to stay in the midfield? So somebody just needs to feed me that information. And, and look, we'll bring it back to the podcast for sure. Um, GWS versus Richmond. What an absolute rip snorter. I've got a work colleague who is a Richmond fan. And I, I, when, you, when your team's not a great team, so my team this year, obviously the Hawks, not a great team this year, you kind of start living vicariously through others, and I really enjoy it. So I see Richmond having an absolute close game. They've had so many close games this year. And I start getting on the text to him, how are you feeling? How's the heart? Where are we at? And all those kind of things. And it kind of just brings that love into different games, and I really enjoy it. So it was nice yep. to see them get up because they've got down in a few. But look. 104 to 110 in favor of the Tigers. Briggs, 128. He has made me – I'm just going to click on it right now. Anyone who jumped on the Briggs train, he has made you $86,000 in hmm? technically one game. One game. And he still sits with a break even of minus 32 with a projected score of 91 to get you possibly another $55,000. He could be up there, and I'm intrigued to do the maths, and I'll do it before my next podcast. I reckon he'd be close to getting you quicker dollars than what Sheasel did, and we went nuts for Sheasel at the start. So he had an absolute ripper again from a super coach standpoint, um, coming in with a big uh, 128, if I've counted that correctly. I just lost my stats on my sheet. It's there, 128. Yep, you got it. Yep. Callum Ward with a 116. Uh, Bedford with a 112. Himmelberg's gone back, everybody. Ring the siren. I've heard he's playing a little bit back in defense with the 103. So there's everyone's putting them on a watch list again. Whitfield's found the footy once more with 98. Callahan with a 92. Um, Green dropped with an 89. That's Tom Green. And Cornelio with an 81. From a Richmond perspective, Nankervis, again, just having a really consistent year with a 114. Jack Rewalt could be his last year with a 114. Taranto keeps finding the footy with a 111. 
and short with a 103. Thoughts, mate? Nick Haynes is still out. Himmelberg went back. As soon as Haynes comes in, he goes forward. So for those of you looking to bring Himmelberg full, um, back into your side, don't. You heard it here first on the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Do we know how far Haynes is? Have we got any word on that? Potentially next week. Oh, don't touch. Yep. So this was perhaps the best day of footy that I've yeah. watched in I don't know how long. This game was an absolute cracker. Like the the lead changed hands so often in the last quarter. It was goal for goal. Everyone was up and about. Like, I feel sorry a little bit for GWS because, like, they deserve to win it in the end. And, yeah, just Marlon Pickett kicked the goal at the end. And what did he do? He ended up getting himself 40 points just by kicking that goal at the end. <laughs> so... I, I, love got super, he was, I love I love super coach like that. I reckon it's great. I reckon it's he great. was on thir- he was on thirty one. I've got notes here thirty one with three minutes to go, and yep. ended up on seventy. So there you go. Does that mean I'm intrigued? You might you might know the answer. Sorry, and this is a question without warning. Mm. Would have Briggs got more points if they won? Would have that been considered a game? Do you get points extra points for a game winner, or is it just the go ahead goal within the last couple of minutes? Depends on scale, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But when he kicked that goal, he went to he kicked two. He kicked two late, didn't he? To like put him up each time. I like, kick, yeah. kick one, kick one late. He okay. kicked one during yep. the game, and then one out of out of like a stoppage type scenario. But yeah, yeah, he was really, he was really, really good. Like mm. I know people are saying, "Oh, Matt Flynn, he's going to come back," but I don't think he does. Why? Why would he? No. What did he, that? What did that? He, and look, and you and I are really <coughs> big on this. We talk about this a lot. They're super coach and they're still in real life. You know, yep. we've talked about Aaron Hall. They're super coach and there's in real life. So, but I think in real life, Briggs is playing well. He's actually playing good footy. Against who I would consider a top five Ruckman in the AFL in Dan Curvis. And he was yeah. bodying him up at every opportunity, trying to run through him. Like he played a good Ruckman's game. Mm. Like I can't see Matt Flynn coming back after that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a reason to do it. I think the team's playing well. There were some absolute classic snap uh, of his tap work as well, which was great to see. And that's what really you want, good. You want your Ruckman doing that. You want your Ruckman taking marks, and that's what he was doing. So, yeah, look. And you talk about being a ripper of a game, a ripper of a day of footy. The Bombers versus North Melbourne turned mm. into a game that we didn't think it was going to be, especially at the start. I won't name names. There's a name we don't mention, but he dropped a he dropped a mention in the chat pretty quickly of North Melbourne are woeful from the first five minutes. And let's be honest, credit where credit's due, they were. But if I was a North Melbourne fan, which a few of them were in the chat, I uh, if I was sorry, if I was you, the Bombers fan, I would have said, "How don't drop that in there now. The curse has been set." And from that moment, North came back with an absolute flurry. And this turned into a river, mate. I'll, I'll let you take us through this one. Let's let's change it up. You take us through the game. Merritt was on 81 at quarter time. He yeah. was flying and then ended up on 137. So still a pretty good game. Um, Nick Martin, wowee. He, he's just awesome. And he has come on more than what I thought he would this year. Like I remember saying early on that I thought Merritt, mm-hmm. Parrish, and perhaps Ridley slash Redmond were the only super coach relevant people. I stand to be corrected. This guy's a gun and super coach relevant as well. Ridley, back to almost his best. His intercepting marking was really good, 102. Guelphie, 100. He's not super coach relevant. Please stay away from him. 
Langford, Caldwell, Heppel, all round 90s. Heppel, sorry, 83. But <clears throat> Redmond, 72, continues to frustrate people. North Melbourne, <coughs> pardon me, after that first 10 minutes, they were really good. And I've got the messages here. I, I messaged Justin after those messages and I said, North Melbourne have actually done all right to withstand the first 10 minutes and not get it blown out even more. They'll come back here. And sure enough, this one was a ripper game and I was pretty nervous myself. <coughs> Phillips continues to play well, 116. That's our back-to-back tons for him. Mackay, 109. I hope Essendon chase him. I hear he's on the market. We need a big-body defender. If you're Xavier Campbell or whoever it is at Essendon now, don't get him. I, I reckon he'd be great with us. Zerha, the bull himself, 93. Goldstein, 94. <coughs> Pardon me. Taron Thomas, did you watch his game? 89. I must admit, and this, and I don't have any problem admitting fault or where I've sort of fallen down and someone who has a podcast, I should have been on top of this a little bit more, but yep. I didn't know he was back. I, I, I Look, I've been away for work. I'm up, I'm up north. Yep. I was watching the game and I remember sitting there going, is that Taron Thomas? And he's playing all right. And it, and it was. And in my mind, I was like, can you correct me as well? Has he changed numbers? Is that nope. is it uh, okay? Something no, something was not, it didn't look right, and then I was like, "That's um, that's Taron Thomas." I didn't know his back, and he, he looked like he slotted in. He slotted in well. Look, I oh, yeah. I don't know what's going on massively externally. I'm not going to judge there. Let's not even talk about. It. I'm just going to talk about his on on ground performance. Yeah. Um, yeah, he slotted in well, and somebody that people probably need to have a little look at. I think you leave him alone. He was just up forward in this game a bit. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, look, he helps that team a lot, helps that team a lot. Talent that is talent. Nice li- yeah, he was that nice link between player, and he looked different because he looks fit. Like, yeah. I, I genuinely believe that, like, he's realized that he's messed up, he's gone away, worked, worked at his craft, worked on his fitness, and he looked really good. So, yeah, that, I wish that off field stuff you, always want to see, you, always, yeah. you always want to see somebody have another crack and sort of be able to get in, and if they're sorting out the other stuff, good on them. Um, but, uh, mm. Yeah, he slotted into that team extremely well. I think he was playing well. And and um, and North Melbourne had a real dip, mate, for sure. Yeah, they did. Now, Hall, obviously Brett Ratton didn't see our last podcast telling him to piss him <laughs> off. He's burning Zeebel and he's burning Sheasel. Get him out. Piss him off. We've got no time for him. I'm no, doubling down. He, he looks fat. He looks unfit. Oh, I don't care. Piss him off. Jesus, he's he's frustrating. He gets the cheap kicks. He doesn't do anything that warrants being an elite AFL football player. You know that the North Melbourne Kangaroos are rebuilding. Play through Sheasel. Play through like Scott even or like you know Wardlaw. He's got so much talent, but I feel like Hall's playing for his career, and it's not going to beat North Melbourne. Yeah, look. I know, I know when we make these snippets, we only kind of get one of our faces on the screen each time. <laughs> we uh, we just want to say that we don't fat shame here at uh, Inside Fantasy Sport. And maybe, <laughs> may, may, you know what? Maybe we do. But where they don't is Snap Fitness 24-7 Epsom Bindi Gay. So get down there, get yourself in good shape. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. I'll leave it alone. Oh. I think you're right. If, if I want to bring all seriousness to, to the comments, yeah. 
what's difference between Ratten and uh, Clarko? If we want to talk from, let's actually talk from a super coach standpoint, is Ratten doesn't chip anywhere near as much as uh, Clarko does. So no. Clarko, there's a lot more chip. Ratten, there's not. And that's another thing that's probably changing the changing the guard of Zebul and, and Sheezel and things like that. Sheezel's gone in the midfield. It's probably the right move for Sheezel to get in that midfield and get amongst it. I think he needs to actually move into a, a midfield forward. I think they're getting a nice little mix there with uh, with Phillips and Simkin and Sheezel and Wardlaw. And they have to start playing those guys in there now to get some cohesion, get 50 games together and, and build it up. Do a bit of a sarong and an Andrew Brayshaw type thing. Um, so yeah, look, I guess you've got to find that balance between which mature age players and which one's not. Um, Cunnington seems to be that one that's definitely losing his spot now. So yeah, yeah they've got a bit of a challenge on their hands, but I think, I think they've got something to work with there that the Fords and the Wardlaws and the others are coming in. They, they look pretty good. So, um, yeah. yeah. Don't lose trust in Eddie Ford or Eddie, Eddie Mazda, as we call him. Mazda being yeah. the major sponsors of North Melbourne Footy Club. <laughs> he just had a game where everything was going the opposite flank to where he was. It was dropping short of him. It was going over his head. Games like that happened. He's a rookie. He'll learn from it. But he is super coach relevant because he's going to make you money still. Yeah. Shout out to uh, – well done there. I mean, North Melbourne will appreciate that comment for you. I mean, I don't know if our NRL podcast co-host in Matty O'Brien, who uh, who runs a Ford dealership up in Queensland, will like it so much. But, hey, this is the AFL podcast, and we'll say whatever we goddamn well want to. So, That's yeah. <laughs> Mate, um, look, great great calls, great shout outs. I think one mm. we have to touch on from a super coach standpoint is the Zebul question. You don't have him. I do. Um, he's set to lose about 35K this week. I think it is time to move him um, when you've got a, I think even if a projected score of 96 loses you 50, uh, 35K, make the move. For me, I think he's not a keeper anymore. The You don't know when Clarko's coming back. You don't know when these changes are happening. It's very clear that he's not going to play the exact same role. Let's move him on. As I talked about off the top of the show, Fife's the one that I might look to bring in. Um, just to make myself some cash and get me through the buy rounds because they've already had their buy and we mm-hmm. know that he's going to go in the midfields. Look, even if he averages me in the 70s or 80s through these buy rounds, I'll take that. I'll get the cash <coughs> and I'll move on and upgrade to a primo. Um, that That's my take. And I think it might be the only trade I do this week so I can make mm-hmm. some really big moves in round 14 and 15 and have some buy, uh, have some trades up my sleeve to finish off the season. Gotcha. Yep, I agree. Like this week, again, only Gold Coast and Geelong have the buy. And then we've got a wide variety of Adelaide, Collingwood, Essendon, Hawthorne, Melbourne, West Coast with the buy of the preceding round. So that's when we start to hit, you know, six teams at a time, buy rounds. Remember, it's your best 18. Prepare properly, otherwise prepare to suffer. Yeah, for me, I think people need to have a really good look at some of the, we were talking about it earlier, some of the the low-price premiums now who've come down a bit. And I'm talking about the Callum Mills, the Darcy Camerons, the Patrick Dangerfields, who are going to start coming back into some sides soon. Even Lockie Neal has possibly dropped a little bit in price as well. Um, let them play their buy first. Let them get through their buy. And when do you start to bring them in? So for me, those are some big names that are on my watch list. Um, yeah, don't rush it too hard. Don't make primo sideways moves just yet. Let the buy rounds play out. Get your 18 on the field. Get your score. 
and then move on from there. And, and we'll touch on that. I think there's some big moves to be had um, before we get through these next couple of rounds. For sure. Beautiful, mate. Any any final words for you? I think that's a really good wrap. I think if we start to maybe look forward to next week, if we have a little sneaky look at it, uh, round 13 sees, uh, what have we got? Sydney versus St Kilda, Western Bulldogs versus Port, Hawthorne versus Brisbane, Adelaide versus West Coast, Fremantle, Richmond, North GWS, Carlton, Essendon, Melbourne, Collingwood. What an absolute rip snort of that last round will be for the Kings birthday um this is the buy round where if i'm right it's only gold coast and geelong that have it so what are you sort of looking at for your team mate no it it could potentially be a hold this week for me i've got 18 players 18 decent players that will score um i'm sitting on 11 trades left so i don't have a lot of trades left uh it might be you know i hold this week and trade next week when i potentially need to and especially for round 15, where I'm only looking at having 14 players at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's a wait and see for me. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to the TPJs and Coach Joseph with a round score of 2,090. He is the winner of our Molten Fantasy Pod Supercoach League for this round. So, Joseph, if you're listening in, send us a DM via Twitter, mate, and uh, we'll send you your prize pack, all courtesy of the standard squeeze. Beautiful. It's a fantastic pack. One that I'm missing. The glass just doesn't cut the mustard compared to the four to one, if I'm being honest, but uh, it's definitely not as cold. I have to drink him too quickly and that's not a, that's not a drink responsible type attitude. But yeah, for me, like I've said, I've said it once, I'll say it twice and I'll say it again now. For me, I think it's just going to be the Zeeble to Fife move. I will go have a look at a Ben Keys. I like the fact that Fife now finishes out all the buys. He's already had his buy. I know he's going to get the playing time. That leaves me with 10 trades, but 382000 in the bank as well, which allows Beautiful. me to make some really structured moves in round 14 and 15, not to only have my 18 players on the field, but also restructure my side um, to finish off the year. And that might mean some moves like Paddy uh, Cripps might get moved on in round 15, and I'll have a really good look at – I'll be watching some players very closely this week um, the Darcy Camerons and and what that sort of looks like for whether they're going to come back into my side or not. I've just had a message from a mate who's mm. associated with the Melbourne Football Club. Clayton Oliver has been um, sent to hospital because of the infection in the blister and he's on an IV drip and potentially out this weekend as well. So wow. news breaking right here on the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. I feel like we might have to go and even drop that quicker on Twitter because uh, we might probably not drop this podcast till tomorrow. So, yeah, let's make mm. sure we get that out. We drop everything as quickly as we can. That's some great insights from you, the big horse. We expect nothing less. Um, mate, any final words from you? No, that's it. Looking forward to this weekend. Another big round of footy. Save your trades if you can is the big horse's advice. I think that's a great share. Thank you, everyone, for listening along. If you haven't, click subscribe. Make sure you listen to us on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all that good jazz. This has been an absolute brilliant podcast alongside yourself, Mr. Big Horse, Mickey Dell. Always a pleasure. To everyone at home, be safe, take care, and we'll see you next time on the Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. See ya. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.